Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. We're down at the Novacare Complex. Wednesday before the Eagles are to face the New Orleans Saints, the 8-1 New Orleans Saints. Obviously a tough test for a team right now that is, I hate to say spiraling, Zach, but things aren't going well. And this is, I hate to say a must win, but um, just because it's going to be difficult to beat the Saints, but a win here would kind of in some ways uh, put them on the back, back on the right track, but I'm not sure if that's possible with all the injuries that they've had, especially now in the secondary. Can you update uh, the listeners on what's going to happen there? Yeah, so the big thing in the secondary is Sidney Jones. Uh, he's going to practice today, and he's going to get work as the outside cornerback. As everyone knows, Ronald Darby is out for the year, torn ACL. And so the Eagles need Jones back, and even though Jones has been the slot throughout the season, it looks like they're looking at him on the outside. They like Avante Maddox in the slot. And with Corey Graham back now, it looks like they're going to play. Maddox is the deep safety, similar to what they did the other day. Maddox is the deep safety uh, in the base and then in the slot when they go to nickel. So obviously not an ideal situation. I guess the only positive that, that you could say is that you're good to see Sidney Jones exactly. on the outside. So <laughs> the Eagles aren't looking ahead, but maybe some of us are because uh, I think obviously – Jones at some point will be at some point will be an outside cornerback, but and then Jalen Mills sounds like his he's going to be a little longer here. So Rasul Douglas you'll see on the other side. So it'll be Mills and Douglas as your starter. I'm sorry, it'll be Jones and Douglas as your starters most likely against the Saints. Your second and third round draft picks from last year. They got to produce. Well, Jones we've seen enough of to think that he can go out there and play solidly. Not on the outside, we haven't seen that yet though. No, that's true. But I think that uh, skill set wise, he has it. Absolutely, Douglas. Not so much. That was I rewatched that game. It was a bad game. That was a bad game. I mean, we've seen Douglas play passable, better cornerback before. before. Yeah. yeah, I mean, last year he played a fair amount number of snaps. So I don't know um, if it's a confidence thing right now because he hadn't played mm-hmm. much up until this point. Or I mean, look, Amari Cooper is a good receiver, but it wasn't all about yeah. Amari Cooper. It was a lot of it was about Douglas. I mean, third and fifteen took a bad line on that play before the half. Gave up a first down, um, you know, basically got beat a number of times on routes beyond him and in front of him, and missed a tackle a few times, missed tackles a few times. You know, there were a lot of people clamoring for Rasul to start ahead of Jalen Mills. I think we now know, and I, I, I never really made that claim myself. I just felt like, you know, Mills Mills was serviceable. He's a guy that, you know, won him, got them to a point where they could win a Super Bowl last year. I, I can understand why Jim Schwartz put him there, but Rasul. Um, you have to wonder long term, boy. What, where exactly does he does he fit in? Well, he's going to have a chance here to show it because he's going to be a top three cornerback now uh, for the rest of the season. And it sounds like they're going to have Maddox in the slot potentially even after Mills comes back. So that could put Douglas back on the bench. But I, I still think Douglas is going to be more meaningful for this defense going forward than he was the first half of the season. There's a, there's a lot of roster shakeup again this week, and and most of it. Is positive because you're, you're, it sounds like we're going to get Tim Jernigan, which is huge. Which is which is huge at this point. I mean, like, look, let's just put it, let's put it out there. Frankly, besides Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackles haven't done squat. No, and Haloti Nada, he shouldn't be playing fifty percent of the snaps, fifty five percent of the snaps, and I don't think they envisioned that role for him no. when they signed him. That's the situation they've 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 been forced to be in, and frankly, not a missed time this year. And so you're playing Trayvon Hester. They had Bruce Hector. Earlier this year, they had Destiny Vio. They had T.I. McGill this last game. So, yeah, Jernigan's injury really hurt them. We've discussed that on this podcast. Getting him back, 
We don't know if he's going to look like the Tim Jernigan of last year because he he's missed a lot of time. But just I think just having him is a big. It's asset. Go, it's going to be an upgrade yeah. over whatever they have had in there. I mean that that may be of all of how he's moves or non moves that may be the most glaring mistake that he's made. Not not filling that defensive tackle spot after Tim Jernigan went down. And I don't want to say you know that we told you so, but how many times did you and I have a conversation during training camp about what are they doing at defensive tackle? What are they they doing at safety? And here you are this year. They've had to figure things out at defensive tackle, figure things out at safety. It's been bad. Yeah. Um, and you can't just say that, well, they moved Devontae Maddox over because then they that's one less cornerback. And that's why you've been in the situation you've been in a cornerback where you're playing Dexter McDougal because kinda, they didn't really address safety. Right. And Maddox fell into, into the lap at safety. Yeah. Um, okay. So tight end, we, you know. Josh Perkins is probably going to be out for an extended period. Who knows how long? They get Richard Rodgers back. That's an upgrade, mm-hmm. um, theoretically. But I don't think there's going to be – It's your third tight end, though. I mean, yeah, uh, there's not many snaps. Like, like they're already in a position where Dallas Goddard's probably not playing as much as he should because you have Golden Tate on the field more, theoretically, going forward. So, yeah, I, I don't think Rodgers is going to factor that much in offense. We should talk just real qu- real quickly about Darby because we, I, I think we found out about his on injury Monday. on Monday, but, and we haven't done a podcast since then. Here's another guy. This is the second guy uh, this season now in the last year of his rookie contract, and he's suffered a season-ending ACL injury, J.H.I. being mm-hmm. the first. Darby had okay season. You know, there were some really good games, I thought, but there were some some games that he'd like to have back. I think overall he, he's been the best cornerback that they've had. I agree. Um, and I think he was in line to get a huge contract this offseason. Yeah, I still think it's possible that he gets a contract that will make it difficult for the Eagles to bring him back just based upon his physical skills and ability. Um, but would you bring him back at this point? Depends on the, on the, on the number. Um, I'm thinking no because – you have Sidney Jones, you have Jalen Mills, you have Russell Douglas, you have Avante Maddox. Maybe Maddox is their safety next year. We'll see. Uh, but I think they have a, enough young depth there that I probably I, I lean more in that direction unless you get a, a team-friendly deal because of the injury. Yeah. Um, and Darren Sproles, it sounds like that he won't be ready again. Um yeah, there was a report uh, the NFL Network had over the weekend that's going to take three to four weeks for him to come back. And it certainly sounds, uh, based on the way Doug Peterson's describing it, that he's in his rehab. So he's not on the field right now. Okay, so that's, he's already missed eight games. Let's say it's additional four games. Why not just put him on IR? I mean, I think this is one of those out-of-respect-to-the-player type situations. If you put him on IR, his career's over. He's not coming back next year. No. So uh, I don't think— So out-of-respect— You've wasted a roster spot for almost the entire season. Yeah, that's where and, – and I hope all our, our listeners read your column over the weekend. It was a really good column Jeff wrote in Sunday's Inquirers on Philly.com Saturday morning uh, and looked at the medical decisions. And we discussed it a bit in the last podcast. Yeah. But, um, but this is where I think they, they failed from a roster perspective was that if you put Darren Sproles on IR after he got the injury – Yes, you, you might be using one of your IR designated to return spots, and at that point you didn't know who else was going to get hurt. Uh, but if you had given him time to heal, then, then they wouldn't be in the situation they were in, and they would have had an extra roster spot earlier this year. So I think they mismanaged that whole situation. Now, and to, you know, to, to their defense, I mean, you get a hamstring strain, you're not putting someone typically on IR unless you're Janelle Pumphrey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, a good line. <laughs> 
but um, but they must have missed something. It, it's this isn't yeah. just your ordinary hamstring strain. There's something more going on there. Clearly, mm-hmm. we don't know that for a fact. Doug Peterson has said um, that it's not, but you have to wonder at this point. Um, Doug said today, changing the subject here, said today that he met with his leadership council, and I think he does that every he does that every week. So this isn't earth shattering news. A word that. Uh, Carson Wentz used several times today, several times today, but, um, you know, the message he said he got from the players was that they were disappointed in the way that they've played. Um, they're obviously committed to, to correcting, correcting the mistakes. What do you think was really said in that meeting though? I mean, what do you think the message was? Do you think that the yeah, all's well in leadership land in that Eagles locker room? Good question. I think the leaders on the team probably look at, probably look at it that way that you know they have the talent in that room that they need to fix it um i mean you're you're talking about your captains and then your your core leaders but let's uh, get let's give people who the cat the captains yeah. are carson wentz jason kelsey jason kelsey kamu gruger hill Fletcher cox and malcolm jenkins exactly so so veterans who've been around and and i think all kind of tough-minded take responsibility guys. And, they, and they've all for the most part all those guys have played well this season yeah yeah, and and those are guys who take responsibility. You know, I don't think they're passing the buck, but I think a, a few of those guys, especially, are are usually pretty honest about what's going on. So, I imagine if if, if they feel like there's something missing from a coaching perspective, from a practice perspective, they wouldn't be shy to vocalize it there. Right, and we saw last year. I mean, down the stretch, they thought that they weren't playing well in part because Doug had kind of gone easy in practice, mm-hmm. and then they started bringing the pads out. And some of them credited that with a yeah. little bit of a turnaround that we saw once the postseason came. There were other reasons for, for why they didn't play well down the stretch there. But if there's one guy that's going to speak up, I think it's Malcolm Jenkins. I agree. If he, if he doesn't see something he likes with the team right now, I think he's going to be the guy to say something. And I'll be interested to hear what, it's, what it is when we talk to him. He'll probably talk today yeah. in the locker room. We'll talk. We'll, hopefully, if it, if it is anything newsworthy, Zach will certainly have it in tomorrow's paper. Um, and I think Jason Kelsey would probably be pretty honest too. Kelsey, well, Kelsey was part of that that crew of guys that did go to Doug and said, "Hey, we need to start yeah, practicing exactly. in pads again." He wasn't the captain last year, but he was on the leadership council. They're going inside today. I think that's because of noise. That's oh, my they guess. want to simulate the crowd noise, yeah. right? Good point. Um, and they'll obviously go silent count uh, in this game in New Orleans. We're going to talk a lot about the the Saints game come Friday, but now we just to kind of delve into some of the topics that are really kind of. Um, affecting this team. I just asked you a little while ago, and, and, and I'm going to ask you again here on uh, on the podcast. What do you think are the like top three reasons why the Eagles are where they are? Yeah, so a, a lack of scoring on offense, and I attribute that to the, the, the struggles in the first quarter. They're only scoring 21 first quarter points this season. That's the worst in the NFL. Buffalo, which has a historically bad offense this year, has scored more first quarter points. Oakland, Ouch. yeah, Ouch. Oakland, which which has traded, you know, which has which is no one on offense right now, really, is scoring more first quarter points. That's a major problem. So first quarter points, I I would say injuries are a big factor. And look, you can't complain about injuries. Every team has them, but the Eagles this year they've been concentrated to certain positions, and I don't think they have the depth that they had last year. Uh, you know, some of their signings haven't worked out. But just to interject real quickly, when you yeah. mentioned injuries, it goes back to this, this, the new medical staff Absolutely right. to some degree. Yeah. Why you would change the, all your leadership coming off a of Super Bowl. Absolutely correct. And, and that's, uh, that's a fair question. Um, and 
you know, when you look at positions like running back, secondary, defensive line, wide receiver, the injuries have been really concentrated to those spots. Uh, and then I would say on defense, the lack of turnovers. Uh, because I, I think the defense is playing better than this than fans really give them credit for. But uh, last year they made more game-changing plays. And this year they're not doing that. And then when you look at the – in the fourth quarter of games um, and, and giving up those, those leads – I think back to last year, Super Bowl, they forced a fumble there. Week one against Washington, you know, last season, they forced a fumble when Washington had the chance to come back. They scored five touchdowns on defense yeah. last year. They're, they haven't scored one this year. They're, they're not making those game-changing plays uh, in terms of turnovers, and that's been a problem. I mean, you could say, okay, Kamu Gruger-Hill, if he doesn't have a, a club on his left hand, he makes that, you know, that pick six against yeah. the Cowboys and goes in. But, I mean, that's just all part of it. Um, there's just a whole – collection of reasons of why they're just not making big plays on defense. I think one thing that I would add is just they weren't winning a Super Bowl. I, I just, you know, I hate to say because it's a subjective thing, but you, and you see it every year mm-hmm. from a lot of Super Bowl teams. It's a Super Bowl hangover. It's hard to come back from it. The, and then you had to add into the fact that Eagles had so many guys coming off surgery, whether it happened during the season or after the season. So, you, But Jason then, Kelsey said – Hungry dogs run faster, right? This was not a hungry team well, we, season. Right. We were just on the way over here uh, after Carson's press conference. We were talking about two guys in particular that we just wonder how the, the way they've played, whether it's in any relation to what happened this offseason. Um, Corey Clement you know, won a Super Bowl as a rookie, had a really great game in the Super Bowl, and had t- was talking about in the spring, as early as the spring, how much of a, a, a big featured part of the yeah. offense he was going to be. And we haven't seen that. And by his was, own doing, too. I don't think he's been good enough to warrant he was, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was productive, I thought, earlier in the season. But even then, I just felt like one of the things that really hurts him is he's not very – doesn't have great vision. Mm-hmm. And we saw it on that, that screen pass that he get dropped behind the line of scrimmage. Now, that wasn't all his fault. But um, you wonder, is that a guy who kind of started smelling himself a little bit after winning the Super Bowl? It's a fair question. You know, and that's – he's someone who – and he had a lot of success out of nowhere. And last year, he had to work like crazy to make the team. Um, he was someone who was in the bottom of the, of the depth chart, made it on special teams, kind of worked his way up. This year, he was hurt during training camp. He was hurt to begin the season. You know, he was he hurt. A quad. The, yeah. So Missed two games. He really didn't have the type of offseason that he had a year ago. And some of this, obviously, is just uh, a byproduct of all the offensive mm-hmm. problems. Um, but if you look at someone on the defensive side of the ball – that just isn't playing anywhere near he played the first two years he was here. It's Nigel Bradman and who got it. He got paid. He got paid this off season. I'm not saying, you know, he's only playing for money, but he has not been the same linebacker that he was two years, the two years. No, and he was playing for prior. a contract. He was playing for a contract last year. Like he, he knew he was a, he, he was a pending free agent. Yeah. You know, with some of his issues, it's just, it's not so much as he's like playing horribly. It's just, he just hasn't made any big plays. No, and he hasn't had the kind of like the – last year he was really viewed as the emotional leader of the defense often. And I don't know. Are, are you seeing that? Like are, are you seeing I mean that? I don't want to like take into account the fact that he's just not talking as much to the media. I'm not even taking that. I'm just on the field. You see kind of the uh, – but I, but I wonder if that's an extension of it. Just that, yeah. you know, like here was this guy. He was out in front, yeah. you know, speaking for the team all the time. Very, um, you know, very emphatic about – his feelings on the team when things are going well, even when things were going bad, you know, there was Bradham out there outside his locker after games talking and he's kind of gone into, um, 
you know, hiding a well, little bit. Well, let me ask you this. Jim Schwartz. And, and, but that, he's kind of gone into hiding on, on the defensive side of the ball is my point. Jim Schwartz said that they had such a swarming defense last year. Yeah. If they missed a tackle, there was someone else someone there. Someone there, yeah. And then if you read Schwartz's comments from last year when he was talking about Nigel Bradham, he said he's just around the ball every single play. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you put one-on-one together there, but uh, I will say that you don't see kind of that swarming defense this year. Carson Wentz spoke today. Um, here's a guy that, you know, look at the numbers. He's playing better than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Completion percentage, 71%, 15 to 3. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio. His passer rating is 108. Um, now, you can attribute some of that to, as we mentioned, the overall uh, offensive production in the NFL. But, again, the results just haven't been there. And I'm wondering, is it more – because of Carson in situations late in game and early in game, or is it more because of Doug and the coaches and the game plan and the play calling aren't taking advantage of how well Carson is playing? Yeah, you had a good point in your column in Monday's paper, so off the game, where you said they really need to let Carson be Carson. And, it's, you know, he's, he's playing better when he's off the script. They're, they're scripting those first 15 plays. Seems to be better off that. Now, that doesn't account for end-of-game situations – or he's come up short a few times this year, uh, most recently Sunday. And I don't know if that was on him Sunday, but like we said in the podcast, after the game they had a third and two, and then they had a fourth and seven, and they didn't get the first down. And he threw both times. Uh, well, I can't, so, I can't fall. He didn't call the screen pass. To, no, no, but I'm just run. saying, you know, he was. But the, the fourth and seven one, I can. He didn't put that in a great spot. Um, so you know, so you look at 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 those things, but I think overall. And we can both agree on this. Carson Wentz is not the problem here. But, uh, you know, when the offense isn't scoring and you're the quarterback, you're a part of it. When you look around the rest of the league, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Jared Goff, you got Drew Brees, you got, you know, name them, name who else. They're just putting up great numbers and their offenses are, are in turn, putting up great numbers yeah. as well. And you look at the Eagles' offense and they pretty much brought back everybody from last year, almost everybody. They added Dallas Goddard. Um, yeah. yeah, they sub. You know, you lost, they sub Mike Wallace for Torrey. You lost Torrey, and, and you had the Mike Wallace injury, and that certainly yep. hurt them. And you didn't have Alshon for the first three games, but now yeah, you, you had everybody, Blunt. and you've had injuries yeah. in the offensive line. I get all that, but you know they have weapons on this team. Zach Ertz is, is is on pace to set NFL records for tight ends in both receiving and receiving yards, and they're, they're not getting it done. Now Doug today pointed out that you know red zone's the issue. I I get all that. Um, I think there's more to it than just that. I think. What so do you think too. it is? I mean, yeah, I mean, and I've harped it's a on it. It's, it's, it, it's everything. It, no, but the start of games is is a major problem, and the start of games really affects everything else. You talk about how the Eagles' run stats are down this year, and yeah, they don't have Legarrette Blunt, they don't have Jay Ajayi, but Carson Wentz pointed this out. They were playing from ahead last year, and you run the ball more when you're playing from ahead. Um, and your it, defense can get after quarterbacks exactly. when you're ahead. Now that doesn't that doesn't explain why they lost two fourth quarter leads, but I do think big picture they were they were getting on teams early last year, and it opened up the play action for them. It opened up the running game for them, and they're just how many times is it like the second quarter or the third quarter of games, yeah. and that's when they 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 start to get momentum. You you can't do that. You you, you can't sleepwalk through the first quarter games this this league the the margin for error is so small in this league 
that you you can't spot teams' points. And they're spotting teams' points. They were down 13-3 at halftime the other night. Yeah, there were games, though, last year when they didn't start well. Dallas. And the 49ers. And, and the they 49ers, came out blazing yeah. in the second half and just put both those teams away. Um, they just don't have that explosive offense right now. But I don't know. I mean, they got to figure it out. They have a few days here to figure it out. We'll talk about the Saints in a couple days. But I, I will say, though, um, that this game's not the end-all, be-all because— It's not. The reality is for the Eagles that if they're going to make the playoffs, um, it's going to be through the NFC East. They need to beat—they need to run the table in the NFC East. They, they need to get those four wins. And then they're probably going to need to win one of Houston, L.A., New Orleans— and that would get you to nine and seven, and you hope at that point that if you've beaten Washington twice, you have the better record or the tiebreaker. I don't think there. Are, you can't expect the Eagles to go to New Orleans or go to Los Angeles right now and beat them. They're, they're not as good as those teams. Yeah. It's that simple. Absolutely. Not to look ahead, but I mean the season is going to be in three weeks, basically. Let's assume they lose this Sunday. Couldn't agree more. They lose this Sunday. And they beat the Giants. They got the Redskins. Couldn't at home, more. and that's it. Couldn't agree. They more. lose that, it's over. Couldn't agree. They more. win that, and it, and it's and 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 frankly, I think their their hope is that they're playing a Week Seventeen NFC East Championship game. Right, and and honestly, you you can't rule it out again because this team knows how to win, and they have a lot of talent. They have Carson Wentz, so I haven't com- completely ruled it out. I know a lot of fans have turned the page. I have not yet done so. All right, well, that's it for the Birds Eye View podcast on this Wednesday. We'll talk to you in a few days, and then take a closer look at the Eagle Saints game. Thanks a lot.